Welcome everybody to this month's GPS Training Podcast. It's our 19th episode. Today on the GPS Training Podcast, we have Tom from Garmin. We have also have Ian, who delivers our training course in the south of England, and of course, myself, who is John. First of all, Ian, welcome to your first ever GPS Training Podcast. John, thank you very much. Very good. Ian delivers both our Garmin and SatMap GPS Training courses in the south of England. So I thought I'd start off this podcast by getting a little bit of background about Ian, how he got involved with GPS training, and, well, how he's progressed over the years. So... How did you get first involved with GPS training, Ian? Um, well, it w- all goes back to 2006 for me. I, um, I, I've like walked all my life with a map and compass, and back in 2006, um, I suppose GPSs were very much coming onto the market in like on mass. Uh, my wife and I, we were going to be and we had no intentions of really needing. Well, we didn't really need anything on Southdown's way. Um, so I said to her, I said, come on, let's go off and see what these GPSs are all about and, and what they do. And um, so we went for a day's course down at one of the um, locations that used to have the training courses at Martyrworthy near Winchester and um, did the day's course and walked away with the Mac 60 CX at the end. So that's about where it all started for, for me back in 2006. Who was leading that first course that you're on, Ian? Um, it was Peter Judd. Um, Peter Judd, who was the he was the the, the founder of GPS training. Um, he, Peter and his wife Jean uh, took the course uh, for the day, and uh, yeah, he from there we sort of like progressed to I progressed sort of like a little later to work with Peter and his other the other director of the company, Pete Davies. Mm-hmm. Very good. So you started working with Pete, didn't you, delivering some of the courses in well, the, the south of England? I think in those days it was, was it Martyrworthy that it was, wasn't it? I think. Yes. So so it was Martyrworthy that I used to help with the course. And every now and again there was sort of like other little courses. We basically called um, North London um, um, over near um, Lee Valley. And so I did one or two of those courses. And also we did a um, one GPS Get on the hills uh, weekend on the North Downs as well, so I've like helped with that as well. So yeah, yeah. So we've um, but generally it was at Martyrworthy that I was uh, helping Pete uh, run the courses. Brilliant. <laughs> and then you continued all the way to 2015, and then you retired or early, early. You're not old enough to retire properly, and you decided to take a bit more of a Sorry. step in the business, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> More than early to yes, retirement's been good. Yes, so um, to say, so I basically uh, ran the courses with Pete um, as as the company changed and the structure changed, and then um, my first course that I ran by myself. Then, if you recall, we you came down for a GPS on the hills day. I think it was in the June of two thousand and fifteen, um, and then I ran my first course all by myself in Clayton on the South Downs in the October. It was. It was uh, a long, long, long way down from the northeast of England down to Clayton, but what a wonderful part of the country it was. Yeah. I, I've got a soft part, a lot of soft part of my heart for Clayton. So it's a lovely area with the the windmills just above uh, where yes. the village hall, the Jack and Jill, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. Yes. Yes, it's really lovely. Really great location to, to do a course. Very good. And then, yeah. which so continuing on, then we've moved the course around a little over the last 
two years, haven't we? So where, where are you delivering courses now? Yes. Yeah, so I now run the courses. Um, I, I run a course in Northamptonshire, and then I run still the course that I run the course in Clayton, uh, which which was a new uh, location for us. So we stopped the course in Martyrworthy over Winchester, and I also now run a course down in um, the New Forest as well, which is another great place to run a course just because of the walk that you get so like the moment you walk out the village hall in well the wi hall down in the new forest so yeah fantastic <laughs> and if you do the courses have changed much over the years that you've been involved the technology's changed quite a bit hasn't it oh uh, i i think it's sort of like the the technology john it's it, it's just and if i think what we had back in 2006 um you know we still had i say i had a map 60 cx um and the front of the unit looks like sort of well certainly like what the 64 does yeah um yeah. but uh yeah i mean the, the structure of our weekend course really sort of like it, it we grew the structure i think sort of like from 2007 to about 2009 um but and it's sort of really still similar today but what has moved on beyond sort of like all measure is the technology um <laughs> you know we don't have we don't rely on digital mapping on computers to plan routes um, because of, obviously all GPSs um, essentially have some form of mapping on them. And um, you know, I think the other thing is is that people used to come on our courses and no one brought their own laptops. Um, mm -hmm. Now it's quite a, it's sort of like it, you know, I know some people just have a desktop PC so they're not going to bring that with them. Um, although actually one gentleman did bring his um, uh, big desktop Mac uh, to a course in Facebook of years ago on the back of his motorbike that was fantastic um yeah <laughs> I was, I was above and beyond when i said i could loan him a, a macbook but yes i mean he, you know sort of like uh, laptop ownership macbook ownership as you know as well as the dps technology has yeah it's changed beyond all all measure since uh 2006 it has, and I suppose as well, a lot more people are a lot more familiar with the computer, because I think in those early days you were teaching often how to use the computer as well as how to, how to use the GPS unit, weren't you? Yeah, and and, and I think also with, um, you know, the moment uh, Garmin started bringing in touchscreen GPSs, so when they brought in Oregon 450, 4, 450, um, you know, again, things just moved on. Um, you know, because I suppose by then people were starting to have smartphones, which is the obvious reason why Garmin brought them uh, the touchscreens in. Um, they, ha they had Garmin had had one or two sort of like, um, well, they had a very unsuccessful unit, the Colorado, um, which was a step up from the Map 60. Um, but that, but yeah. So I think again, people because they're used to smartphones now, used to touchscreen sort of like technology then yeah um life is very different for us all it is it is uh, so Bryn, that's a bit of an introduction into ian and again he's going to have a couple of columns every uh, every month on the podcast uh, a new one called faqs which we're going to get to in a minute which is he's freaking out questions he gets so we're going to come back to ian a little bit later on so thank you very much ian that big introduction and we'll get on with the rest of the podcast So without further ado, let's get on with today's podcast. It's our 19th podcast. In today's podcast, we're going to look at the following. 
we're looking at Garmin GPS watches. What are the options and differences? We've got a guest of Tom from Garmin who's going to go this, through this with us. We look at the new GPS taster days for the watches that we've got coming up in March and April. And again, Tom from Garmin will be joining me for that quick chat about that. New for the 19th podcast is Ian's FAQs, the questions he's been asked by participants on both his Garmin and SAPMAP courses. And then we talk over with Ian, his ongoing thoughts about the Garmin GPS map 66S. Next thing we've got on the GPS training podcast is a look at Garmin GPS watches, the options and differences. I've got a special guest. We've got Tom on from Garmin. So welcome, Tom. Hello. And uh, Tom is going to go through the different options. The reason for this is we've got a number of different options from Garmin. We've got now the Garmin Instinct range, and then we've got the Phoenix range, but it's not quite as simple because there's lots of different options. So I thought that we can bring Tom on the podcast and we can go over the different pricing, the different options, and the different materials, I suppose, that these yeah. those of these watches are, uh, are made out of. So we're going to look at watches uh, from £269 right up to £750, aren't we? Yeah. So, Tom, um, if you are on watching us Facebook, you'll be able to see us hold it up. If not, we'll just have to describe what we're seeing. So, starter point from Garmin is the Garmin Instinct watch, isn't yep. it, Tom? We discussed this on the last month's podcast because, you know, Andy was oh, in love with his Garmin Instinct Absolutely. watch and he still is. So, Garmin Instinct, can you tell us a little bit about them and then we'll move on? Yeah, so the Garmin Instinct is our entry-level multi-sport watch. Um designed for outdoors and fitness-based activities. So within here, you've got uh, all your usual smart notifications that Garmin offer, text, email, phone call, um, you've got your activity tracking, but you've also got the suite of fitness um, features. So run, bike, trail run, walking, skiing, snowboarding, yoga, yeah. all in there. <laughs> um, and then you've got the navigation stuff as well. So it'll give you a good reference. You can follow a route, you can track back. The way you came. A course, Tom. Is it not a course? course. What's that? So, so a route on an outdoor on a handheld unit, but yeah. they call it a course on a GPS watch. Um, uh, actual physical watch-wise, it's um, not quite the same premium materials that you'll get on a Phoenix, uh, but you've still got the heart rate sensor on the um, back of the watch to get your constant heart rate. Brilliant. So with these watches, Tom, then what we can do is we can just create a GPX file. So in Garmin Basecamp, we can just create a GPX file and just yep. transfer it onto your watches and it would just navigate as like an outdoor GPS unit. Absolutely. Do. So it'll give you that arrow distance to each point uh, right. between the points. You can create that GPX file, both Basecamp, um, or you can do it on Garmin Connect right? Um, or any of the other yep. mapping suites that you may have. And it works with the Garmin Explore app as well. Okay. So you can download the topo mapping there for Europe mm -hmm. and use that on your iPad now or phone to okay. plan the course and wirelessly send it to your Fantastic. And watch. then these, the so the, the this entry level, the Instinct, black and white screens? Yeah, black and white screen, um, which is obviously the other difference between this and a, and a Phoenix model. Um, the black and white screens, though, I think are quite clear. Yeah. Um, so great in the sunlight as well because you yeah. don't have that differences of colour, so it just really stand out. And no maps on these ones? No maps on these ones, no. Okay. So we're talking about the... Uh, also, it measures your daily activities and the steps you've taken, heart rate, yep. sleep. Yeah, so tracks your sleep throughout the day. Yep. Yeah. Um, floors climbed. Right. Um, all throughout the day, and it'll give you a stress score as well. A stress score, that's exactly yeah, what we want. And that will just sync with the Connect app on yep. your smartphone. Yeah, your data. Your, and that will sync that over there. Brilliant. So Instinct, 269.99, available in two colours, which is the graphite and also the flame red. And we had a bit of a joke because Tom came in today and said, you can't believe how 
Well, the the uh, flame red is selling is kind of we, we yeah, thought we'd sell a lot more graphite, but the flame red's been doing very yeah. very well, both for ourselves and also for Garmin. So then we jump into the Phoenix range of GPS units, uh, Phoenix Five Plus, and then the Five S Plus, isn't it? So this yeah. is now we're jumping up to five hundred ninety-five pounds, so a reasonable increase from the uh, Instinct Five Nine Five for the Five plus yep. the 5s so what's the main difference is jumping initially from the instinct and then the difference between those two models yeah so um physical hardware uh, wise and um, this one's made out of the premium materials so you've got the metal bezel yep. um, on the top and the stainless steel back yeah and um, you've also got the fact that the watch straps on the phoenix range are all interchangeable right so you can swap them for different colors easily okay um or different types you know we've got leather metal all sorts of different yeah. uh, watch straps available um, so that's your physical hardware uh, differences. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to internals, on the navigation side, you've now got mapping on okay. both of these watches. And that's the topo map, active mapping active for mapping. Uh, Western Europe. Brilliant. Um, so on this one now, it'll show you a location on a map. Yeah. And it'll auto guide you to a location on right. paths or bridleways. Okay. Or roads. Brilliant. Um, on the fitness side of things... You have our top end uh, training features, so it'll give you things like recovery advisor after you've done a run. Yeah. It'll give you a VO2 score, so more top end training features. And then other features wise, you've also got Garmin Music on these now, so yeah. they'll pair with Spotify or Deezer, and you can stream and store music on the watch and stream it to a set of Bluetooth headphones. And podcasts as well. Podcasts as well, absolutely. You get the GPS training podcast straight on, on there. Watch. Then you say Bluetooth headset or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. And you listen, you don't need your phone then, nope. do you? Nope. It's all there on that one. You 5S and 5, what's the difference there? So the only plus? difference is the size. Okay. Um, so the 5S is slightly smaller. You can see the difference there. Um, and the only trade-off for that is battery life. Okay. So you go down from 12 days to seven days on a watch and 19 hours to 11 hours uh, in performance right. in, in GPS mode. Uh, so a bit different. Very uh, good. There. So we've been selling a lot of those because they 595. It's it's like that nice. Um, it's not too expensive, but you get all the features that we've seen in the Phoenix and that's progressed over the years into, yeah. into the market leader really, hasn't it? Absolutely. So we then jump to something called Sapphire. So we jump up to Phoenix 5 plus Sapphire, don't we? So yep. what's the Sapphire? Um, so a Sapphire is a upgraded, upgraded glass screen okay. um, on the watch. So the screen itself is a Sapphire glass screen, much tougher. Okay. Um, so it's um, better for using it a lot on a daily basis. Really right, okay. So more premium materials. Premium material on that Sapphire. Yep. Um, and then... Anything else? The difference, or is it just building? Just purely, um, yeah. So we jump from five nine five to six nine four solely for that sapphire yeah. screen, don't we? Then my favourite is the uh, the Phoenix Plus Sapphire with a titanium sole flare orange, isn't we? Yeah. So this one is now a titanium back and ring on the front. Okay. So uh, slightly different material in the metal. You've also come with the um, solar flare strap. Brilliant. And stand this product out. Um, so flares bright orange for people who yeah, know, they know, can't, can't see, see on the podcast. It's bright orange stuff, and it is a cracking Jeep. It looks yeah, it looks superb, really doesn't it? Really. Yeah. And then finally, we jump right up to the Phoenix Five Plus Sapphire, the black and black plus. So this is a five X rather than a five, isn't it? Yeah. So the X means it's an ever so slightly bigger watch body. Okay. And um, you've gone up from forty-seven millimeters to fifty-one millimeters. Right. And um, for all that, you get better battery life. Okay. Uh, so you now go up to thirty-three hours fully running with GPS and about twenty days 
as a in the watch mode brilliant um, in the smart watch mode um, and the other feature difference is we've put on there something called pulse ox okay which can monitor your blood oxygen saturation okay. from the wrist wow um, and from that it can tell you how well you're performing when at altitude and how well you're acclimatised so that is all about acclimatisation brilliant so that's really for your mountaineers mountaineers yeah expedition led or people who want that extended battery yeah. life I was just going to say that we've sold quite a few of them and the people are buying it because of that extended battery yeah. life so there we are so they so start from the top and then we'll work back down so we one Tom was just discussing a, a Garmin Phoenix 5X plus Sapphire and that's a black and a black band on it and that's the one that measures your oxygen levels and also has that improved yeah. battery life we've got then got the one slightly below it it's the same same price still 744.99 we've got the uh, phoenix 5 plus sapphire with a titanium soul flare orange so that's got the uh, different um, body to it isn't it yeah. that titanium um and and it's got a sapphire screen the one below it is a phoenix 5 plus which is a uh, sapphire so again that's got the um it's got is the it's yeah with the um uh, sapphire screen on it again yep. which is the the better quality screen and then we go down to the uh, phoenix 5s uh, plus and also the i5s plus uh, sorry 5s plus which is the one um which is the the, the standard one really yep. isn't it and then uh, down at the bottom is the garmin instinct and that comes in at 269.99 it says it's more of a people can't see us it's a bit more of a rubbery uh feel and, and, and yeah. look to it and a smaller watch altogether i know when andy when he reviewed it actually he actually tr uh, swapped his phoenix and went down um yeah. down he, he, he decided he wants an instinct because he felt it was just a smaller more yeah, and lighter, as, light well. as, well. Yeah. as well so that's the garmin range of watches so thanks tom for joining me on the podcast uh, and going through that and, and again if people want to know more about the watches you just go to our website which is gpstraining.co.uk click on gps store then garmin gps watch on the left hand side and you can view all the watches we've been discussing in the podcast Next thing on the podcast is the GPS taster days throughout the country. So we've actually kindly teamed up with Garmin to deliver some uh, GPS watch taster days. We've been talking a lot about GPS watches on the podcast over recent months. And again, I've had a number of people on courses who've been wanting to know more about it. So I'm joined again by Tom from Garmin. Thank Hello. you, Tom, for joining us. And, and we've put together these taster days around the country, haven't we? Absolutely. So we've got what we've done is we've... We've got three dates in three key locations, um, and this is in March and April. So again, depending on when you're listening to this, it is 2019 the year. So we've got a, a taster day on the 2nd of March in Rothbury in Northumberland. On the 16th of March, we've got one at Ian in the Peak District. And on the 6th of April, we've got one in Clayton in the South Downs. So we've kind of got some watches that have been loaned uh, to us, some GPS watches. So what we're going to do on this uh, GPS taste day, we're actually going to have two sessions, aren't we, Tom? Yeah. So we've got some people in the morning and some people in the afternoon. We're going to have a quick presentation about the watches, the different types of GPS watches, and then we're going to load them with a course or what we would call a route, and we're going to go out and walk uh, these different times, and then people can see exactly what, what experience you get. So, Tom, when we're navigating with these watches, what kind of experience are we getting? Um, uh, is it our on the screen, or how do we know which way direction that we're so, going to go? Uh, depending on the model, um, on the instincts, it's the uh, sort of classic arrow on the screen with a distance to your next point. Okay. Um, so still gives you quite a lot of information, distance, how long it might take you to get there, um, and the um, and the the classic pointer. Um, but yeah, useful for navigating 
basic routes, Brilliant. information, that kind of thing. When you get up to the Phoenix range, yes. especially the pluses, you get mapping um, okay. on the screen with the topo active. So now we can start talking about auto-calculating routes yes. and seeing a map with your location on the screen. Yeah, and we get just like a little line at the top, don't we, on the on the Phoenix that shows in the direction that we need yeah. to be walking on. And the really thing I like about the Phoenix as well is actually if you go off route, or of course, I'm going to have my terminology right here, it actually buzzes, it vibrates, doesn't yeah. it? So again, you can just be walking along or runners, very popular runners, and if you go too far, of course, your GPS watch is encouraged to go back in. Yeah. And the other nice thing I like is actually we've got this navigation on whatever page you're on. So on a traditional handheld GPS, where I could be on a compass page or a map page with a compass rose at the top, but with these, whatever page, you, whatever screen you're on, rather, you get this directional arrow, yeah. aren't you? So yeah, absolutely. Very, very yeah, so even if you're looking at your running data while you're out on a run, you can still give it That's it. a direction. And again, if you're, if you're, if you're off course, it just vibrates, attracts your attention back to your watch, and then you can look exactly absolutely. where you're going. Nice thing about the topoactive mapping, Tom, is that actually it's a proper digital map, isn't it? Yeah. So as we zoom in, we get a lot more. Yeah, you get more information, and it's got that auto-routing capability yeah. at different levels. That's fantastic. Um, we've also got the uh, trend line popularity routing as well so um if a route a path's more popular for a runner it will try and guide you down that path all oh, right against okay. others that might be less popular so okay. there's a lot of information built into that mapping that's fantastic and these work off the american russian galileo yeah so it's nice? using all three both gps glonass and galileo and that's all of them including the instinct fantastic so fingers crossed you can join us on one of these taster days. So again, we're having two sessions, morning or afternoon. And our idea is literally just get watches on people's wrists, aren't they? So come along, quick introduction, Get, get we'll preload them with a, a route and we'll get out there walking with them. You can see exactly what experience you can get from them. And again, of course, there's going to be watches there to buy. If you want to buy, that's the, that's the idea of the, uh, the afternoon. But hopefully we can answer any questions because I know on a lot of our normal GPS training courses, normal, um, mm -hmm. we, we've been getting a lot of people asking questions about how, how the watches are fitting into yeah. the range. So um, I'm in Northumberland um, doing the course there. I'm going to go in down the Peak District with Tom. So yep. Tom and I are going to do the Peak District. And then Ian, who's our South of England trainer, is actually going to do the Clayton in the South Downs. So we'll be shipping watches around the country you know, for yeah. each of us to do these activities. So fingers and crossed you can join us. Just to refresh you on the dates, it's the 2nd of March in Rothbury in Northumberland, 16th of March in the Peak District, and the 6th of April in Clayton and the South Downs. And if you want to know more about about these taste days please go to our website which is gpstraining.co.uk click on gps training courses on the top and then gps watch dash taster sessions on the left hand side they're just five pounds again we we'll just put a small amount on there uh, just so people will turn up rather than just booking and <laughs> so five pounds to put yourself on there um and uh, yeah you come along and join us on one of the of course either myself or tom or ian as they in the south so fingers crossed you can join us on one of those The next thing on this month's GPS training podcast is Ian's FAQs. The frequently asked questions he's getting on both his Garmin and SatMap GPS courses that is leading in the south of England. This is Ian's new regular monthly story as he gives us some of the top tips and solutions he's been asked on his courses. So Ian, what's your first Garmin FAQ for this all new slot on the GPS training all podcast? Right. And what have you been asked recently on your courses? Right, so on my Clayton course that I ran um, only a couple of weeks ago, um, I was asked about bird's eye mapping and sort of like after the license expires, what happens to the mapping. Right, uh, yes. So 
you know, at the end of the day, my advice was because the gentleman who asked me this question, he only had the mapping on his GPS. And I'm saying to him, I'm saying what what you need to do is you need to move the mapping from your GPS back into a list. So in, in Basecamp, so you create the folder first in Basecamp, then a list, and then you move your maps back off your GPS back into Basecamp. And they're sort of like there, but not just on your GPS, because if for any reason you um, certainly delete them from your GPS, then you've got to re-download them again. Um, so it's like a backup um, thing. And I think the other thing is, is that as I was explaining to him, you could then go one stage further. If you actually, back, as well as Basecamp, you can then save these onto the hard disk of your computer if you were that worried about. But, you know, I, and I think the, the other thing, John, is is that, you know, as I was, I was explaining, if you've got a map for a bit of, say, the Lake District, because that's where your people are going to be going walking, but you're down on the South Downs, why do you need the maps on your GPS? You know, just keep them on your in base camp, and then when you're going to, going to be going places, you know, you can transfer them backwards and forwards all the time. And, you know, it's, it's, um, it's less loading time, it's less everything, if you just keep it to a bare minimum on your GPS. That's brilliant. So quickly, just to summarise that, Bird's Eye, if people don't know, is the way you can download 125,000 mapping down under the mapping with its options. A, a little uh, card, you just scratch off a code in the back. Within Garmin Basecamp, you can download areas of 125,000 mapping. That's what we're using it most in this country. And your FAQs, people are saying, well, how do I get this? If I've only got it on my unit, how do I get it onto my computer? Buy a Garmin Basecamp, as you say, back it up in a list in there. And as you rightly say, actually, do you need all that bird's eye mapping on your device? If you've got a lot, why not keep it on your computer? Because often it's a safer place to keep it. Is that right, Ian, to summarise? Yeah, yeah. And and I think the thing is, is sort of like um, going on to the, the next question you're going to ask me, um, that I'm going to uh, talk about one of my crazy calls that happened on the weekend just gone. Um, you know, the way I look at it is, you know, treat it like a computer, keep things in order. And the, the more you have on your GPS, the, the I don't know, I just think it just keep it nice and clean and, and, and simple. Minimalistic, I think, is a good word, John. <laughs> you made me laugh there because on my course, if I plug my GPS in, I go, I'm really sorry, but there's so much stuff on here and I'm just Mr. Unorganised and it's all on my unit. You're right, though. I should really make that into list and folders. I'm kind of like, oh, there's my people's recce. There's my Lake District walk when I did last weekend. So actually, so actually I can click on the internal memory there. It all is on Basecamp. So yeah, I, I think I need, after this uh, podcast, yes. I'm going to go start up going Basecamp and I'm going to tidy up because it's going to look nice and tidy from now on because Ian has told me on his first F FAQs to keep my insensorial storage tidy. So, Cransley course then. You're on a Cransley course and a guy... Is this a record? Well, tell us what it is then. We'll discuss if it's a record. <laughs> I've hit quite a few records, I, I think, with what people keep on their GPSs because last year um, on my birdie course down the New Forest, um, someone came with about... I think it was about 560-odd tracks kept in their track manager on their 64S. Um, and trying to find the, the the tracks he was recording in the New Forest, to be honest with you, I, I got to say, I, <laughs> I said, look, you really got to clean this up before I can even start to untangle what's in there. Um, and again, um, attempt, uh, came on my course uh, last weekend, the Cransley in Northamptonshire, well, great Cransley, actually. Um, I call it Cransley because that's the local name for it. And um, he, uh, he he sort of like basically he did a lot of um, hill walking and he had all the um, tops of all 
all, all the hills in England, Wales, and Scotland on his GPS. I think it amounted. When I plugged his GPS in on Basecamp, he had about 8,230 waypoints, which were basically all the hills. Um, and I think that he was genuinely, well, you know, he, he basically needed advice as to what do I do with this, because I know it's not good to be on my GPS, but why? Um, and so, again, I said to him, look, all you need to do is create a folder in Basecamp, and then from the folder, you create a list and send all those hill, all those waypoints of the hills um, uh, to uh, the list, and then just download what you want, because you're not going to be walking all of them all at the same time. So when you're going to a region of the country, just download what you need to, and again, keeps it minimalistic, keeps it easier to find things on your GPS. Brilliant. So that's your Garmin top uh, FAQs is keep your GPS tidy, uh, keep those waypoints on. If you've got a Garmin base camp, uh, so bird's eye downloads, keep those also on your computer. Let's just keep tidy. Good housekeeping is what we need yes, to call it. Yes, it? it is, isn't it? <laughs> so then moving on to SatMap, your FAQs for SatMap for this month, Ian. Yeah, um, just just a couple. Um, uh, I was talking to a gentleman not so long ago about uh, meeting him soon to um, have a day's uh, one-to-one for the is active 20 and what i wanted so when we did the software download so i got him to um plug his active 20 in to um to think, see what uh, version he he had and um not only is the, the sat map active 20 has two bits of software you need to keep updated it's the general running software as well as um the platform so that's sort of like the um of the active 20 so if you've got if you're an active 20 owner you need to be looking to checking to see on the sat map uh, website what the up-to-date versions are for the new software updates so that's um that's but yeah, very, very important. So make sure you keep updating that platform so the SatMap Active 20. So another SatMap FAQ that you've been asked on your courses, if this could be also for 10, 12, 20 users, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah so I've, I've, I mean, I've certainly found um, on my courses that, that just one or two people, they, um, you know, they say to me, and I can't see the maps, you know, I've got this map carpet and all the rest of it, but that we can't see it. And so, like, there's a little icon uh, at the top of the screen, um, top right-hand corner, that just, there's sort of, like, grey um, sheets of paper, if you like. And when you've got those showing, it shows that your map card has loaded. So, it and it does take the units just a bit of time to, um, to load the maps. So, you know, if, if you can't see your uh, um maps at all just give your gps a, a bit of time bit of loading time and um all should be well i mean generally uh when you know that you're good to go with the the maps because you actually get a um a message come up on your 10 12 or 20 um telling you that the map card is loaded with like a little icon of the map card giving you the option to just go back into the um map screen or whatever so um, yeah, just give your GPS just a bit of time to load them. Brilliant. So that's your FAQs. And that, those maps take so long with the sat map in because it's the HD maps, isn't it? Yes. As I say, I mean, they're, they're, um, you know, the quality is um, very, very good. Um, but uh, you, um, say I do get questions, you know, well, I can't see my maps. And 
first thing is, can you see this icon? If not, then it's probably um, taking the card out, reloading the cards, you know, pushing it if it's a 10 or a 20, pushing it in the side again, just to get the unit read the card and just wait for it to be read. Brilliant. Thank you very much for your FAQs, Ian, this month. And don't forget, we have lots of top tips and solutions to all your questions in the GPS Training online resource. Please just go to GPS Training, click on online resource on the top menu, and then you can log in. Select the unit that you've got, and you'll see the top tips usually down at the bottom of the next menu. Next thing on this month's GPS Train podcast is Ian's thoughts on the new GPS map 66S. A bit of background here. Ian, um, as we've discussed earlier on, um, had a 60, then a 64. Did he have a 62, 64? No, no, it was a 62, John. Never had a 64. Okay, 62 uh, GPS units. And yeah. when he saw the 66 was on its way, he was first in the queue to get his 66. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, when are they going to arrive? Okay, it's a garbage yeah. product. They're always late, and that's the yeah. way it is. So, yeah. <laughs> so you've had four months to get to grips with your 66S, put it through its paces. Yeah. And I know yeah. um, we're starting to get a number of people on course. I know I had a course in Northumberland last weekend with somebody with a 66S on, and I got a course the next weekend with 66Ss on. So it's starting to flow onto the courses so really i know you've walked extensively with it we've been teaching on it we've been your online resource and all yeah. those things so, so really it's um it's yeah what are your thoughts on it? i'm going to start with the negative side of it ian first of all. so is there anything you dislike first with the 66s well i think before we go that way john i think we just have to say that it's just a great unit um yeah. Yeah, I, I mean there was a gentleman on my course in Northamptonshire this last weekend in uh, Cransley, and um, you know I was just saying to him, a 64 to a 66, that they are just slight pork and cheese. Yes. Uh, yes. The, the just the quality of the unit is, and what they do is just great. Um, and really, they're just like little things, and you know I think we're all quite resistant to change, and you know it takes us a little time to. To, to get our heads around things but you know there are just a few little things that we found that i found that um you know um aren't, aren't a big deal at all um one of them is the track color now on the 62 and the 64 it's very easy to set color within the track manager in the setup in the tracks of the setup um but it took me oh a pretty good hour to find where you do it on the 66 yeah. and basically yeah. it's it's in the recorded activities on the recorded activities screen and, and the information tab, if you like, there are four tabs across the top. And on the information, um, where it tells you all about your track, it's a sub-menu item of that. And, it, you know, it's just very well hidden, but, you know, you still find it. Um, so it's all these little things. Um, it's very similar so that the Oregon, Oregon has been. Oregon 700 is the same now. We've got these tabs across the top. We've got the same interface. But on the 66S, they call it these recorded activities rather than a track manager, which is what we've always had in the past, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so, so it, it's just getting your head around different terminology for the same thing. But, um, yeah, it, it, that's where you're going to find the track colour because they come out with a very bright sort of like blue colour and, you know, it... <laughs> It's just very hard to see. But the moment you change it, um, I mean, I, I I get all my people who come on my courses to change red because bizarrely, although red is an ordnance, very much an ordnance survey colour, I think the red colour just does show very well um, 
on the uh, on the map page on if your GPS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brilliant. So yeah, that's it's a bit of an anomaly without recorded activities. Anything else that you you kind of think? Oh, that's a bit unusual or different. Well, again, it took me a bit of hunting around, but um, the ribbon um, uh, across the well, actually goes across the bottom of the screen now, rather than through the middle, like it does on the all the other Mac sixty um, whatever units. Um, so to change the ribbon, uh, you're actually rather than going. There is no page sequence icon in the setup. Um, so the way to get into it, which I found is it was a quicker one. Um, so when you're in the setup, you need to go into a little icon that says menus, and it's down towards the bottom of the like, list of setup icons. And in there is the page sequence icon um, option. And within there, you can you know you you can set all sorts of different applications to be uh, going across the bottom of your uh, 66. One thing that was brought up by a customer gentleman who had a 66 at course on the weekend was that on if you're in different profiles, the ribbon change. If you change the ribbon for one profile, it won't automatically set itself for all the other profiles. So you have to go into each profile if you want the same sort of um, items to view on the ribbon. Yep. So that's just yeah. a, another sort of like little, you know, point for everyone on that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you can change I see. I, th- I think you actually put something on the training manual for this, but the course tell me about how to change that, that ribbon going across. Is that right? I've seen that yeah. somewhere. Uh, yeah, so what, what we, so what we've done, in fact, I've done it for the 64 now, so but on the 66, because um, it's always something that, that only applies to the owners of a 64 or 66, um, we've now got a page on our day one books for how to change the, um, you know, add, add add items onto the ribbon and how you go about it. Brilliant. Very good. Yeah. The two data field, four data DVD. The next one on yours. Do you know I'm going to say, when Tom was here, or one night was here this week, I can't remember when we did some recording for the podcast and we had meetings all day and this kind of thing. Yeah. I, I mentioned yeah. this to him and he just raised his eyes to the sky. <laughs> I wonder how many times he's been asked about it. He just went, mm. yeah. yeah. So two data fields, four data fields. A little bit of background, Ian, and what was the, what's the, Issue or what's the what's the bit of frustration here? Uh, I, 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 no, I just I just think I know it's 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 a change issue on it to change. <laughs> it needs to change. But basically, what it is is that on my sixty two and my sixty all basically all I need on my map screen are two data two data fields, two small data fields. Um, I generally have the pointer data field and the distance connect waypoint data field, and that's good enough for me. Yeah. Um, which and you could change, you could select that option on the older GPS, but you can't on the uh, 66. All you have an option of is small or large data fields. Um, and what it would be nice to, I think, it'd be just nice to, if we could get it back to two data fields, you'd just see more of the map. I mean, you see enough map anyway. Yes. But you know, it would just make it, in my mind, that would be the icing on the cake for the quality of the of the map and what you what you get on it and i think the thing is is that with touch screens you have the option of minimizing this data field box um like on at the bottom of the data field for data fields you can you have an option of minimizing it but you don't on the 66 you know it's either full data fields or no data fields or large data fields and so i think you know I, I mean, I know, I know it's a strange thing, John. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but I think as a user of it, you know, have the 
And yeah. I think a lot of other people feel that same way. Yeah, I've seen a few. I've seen a few emails in regards to this data thing. So that's something there. And then it's slightly different in the way that you starting the track is. I know that's something that's taken a little bit of getting used to, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think the thing is that on the um, well, on the other uh, Map sixty models that I've owned, um, we've just had it as an auto start track recording. Um, with the sixty six, uh, we you know again because it's set up the software set up to it for it, which I think is so so much better. You know, it's a bit like the touchscreen GPSs, the um, Oregon and the Etrex Touch uh, GPSs. You actually have to start, you know, I have to keep on reminding myself to start the um, track recording. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the only thing is, is that on the touchscreens, you get like a little window forever popping up because all the GPS ever wants to do is just record your track. But you don't get that sort of reminder on the 66. So you just have to remind yourself that if I want to record my track, I've actually got to press the enter button to actually start the track recording. So as well as starting the in the navigating it's um starting the navigating you're also you have to remember to um start your track recording by uh pr- and, and you can do that if you're on sort of like on the main screens doesn't you don't have to want a particular screen by just pressing the enter button and then a little message comes up at the bottom for you to actually start the recording and then you start you stop it again by pressing the enter button that's brilliant that's so there's a couple of little not issues, yeah. but things that are, are changes that you kind of go, ooh, that's in, interesting. It's not, it takes a little time just to get your head into. So those are the things that I've been testing you, you've been having to think about or get your head reprogrammed yeah. about. So what are the key things, there's so many great things about the 66. What are the key things that straight away you kind of go, this is this is, this is is a big change. This is for the better, yeah. isn't it, really? This is, yeah, as I said, this is, this is the, the, the chalk and the cheese moment, really, I think. Um, screen quality... Um, is just amazing on the unit. And I think also, um, because I've had one of the Topo Pro 125,000 map cards in my 62 for the last year, um, the, the quality of that map, because the screen quality is better, is just even better for me on the 66 than it was on the 62. I think the thing is with the screen as well, it's, it's a larger screen that we've ever seen yeah. on the 62, 64. It's, it's the same size as an Oregon is, isn't it? Yes, yes, uh, and as I say, it, it, it's just what what you're looking at is just. I think it's great. I really, really do. Um, yeah, so that's certainly screen quality. Yeah, um, and the way you the way it feels in your hand as well. Yeah, I mean, it's just sort of like it, it's it's a flatter unit than the you know than the other Map sixty series GPSs, and I just think that it is you know when you're doing things on it with the buttons, um, using the buttons, it just feels better in in that in the hand i mean it sounds sounds quite sad that but on the other hand i think it is so it's just easier to hold easier to do things on brilliant um, anything yeah. else actually about that unit the look and the feel about that you can that's, that's really quite smart well interestingly <laughs> and it's something that i just thought oh this is so so much better it's just using again the buttons john mm-hmm. the buttons it, it's like a shorter press and the you, you have to be a bit more definite, I think, with the other buttons on the other, uh, like the 62 or the 64 EPSs. I mean, they, you know, obviously they're easy to use, but but you know, there's like a little um, the, the buttons are easy to use. Um, and with gloves on, I was up on the top of the downs a couple of weeks ago when it was exceedingly cold with gloves on, no problems whatsoever. 
in using the buttons in any way. Um, and, you know, an, another a nice little feature is they're all backlit. So, yeah. again, in the dark, fading light, you've got a backlit button screen. Brilliant. Very good. So screen quality, the, the feel of the whole GPS, and I call that backlit. So the overall hardware has improved uh, massively. Then yeah. thinking yeah. about the way this GPS works, is it key things that you can think, wow, this is this is epic? Um, well, uh, it, the way it just load, loads and locks onto satellites, it, it's it's lightning quick. It really is. Um, you know, and so you're not waiting around, hanging around to see what it's going, what, you know, am I going to be locked onto satellites? It just, the, the, the whole GPS um, loads like really, really quickly, which, you know, it's, it's nice at the beginning of your walk. You're not standing around waiting for something. It just happens. Brilliant. Um, and and this accuracy, once you get lo when you get logged on, we're like an accuracy. I was out the other day and you're just getting 1.1 meter accuracy on it. It's just, it's epic, the accuracy that we're getting on it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, I say, I just, I really do. Brilliant. Um, Brilliant. Um, um, yeah. Anything else? And key things that you've you've really grown to love with it? Well, I think the I think the way that the icons um, have been redesigned again, they're slightly easier on the eye. Mm -hmm. um, when you know, so sort of like in setup menu, that's really nice. Um, Yes, right. We talked about recorded activities getting ahead around as to what they are in old money, um, so to speak. And I think another feature, which is just you know, again, which I think sets the 66 apart from all the other GPSs, is the Garmin Explore app. Mm -hmm. um, this is the app that you can download onto your tablet or um, iPad or iPhone or Android phone. And you know, I mean, it's I, I quite frequently go on holiday take a few walks with me and then by the time we've decided where we're going to walk we walk in totally opposite direction um until i'll sit down the night before and plan a little route off my screen um and uh, uh but now we've got this great little app the garmin explorer app that you can use say on your ipad or tablet and um or the the, the phones and you've got access to route planning and you can sync it straight to your 66. Yeah. Um, yeah. You've set the syncing, you know, the uh, the set, you've set it all up correctly to begin with. Um, and the, only the other week, you and I were talking, um, a gentleman contacted you about cycling, I think it was in Kyrgyzstan, and, you know, what mapping was available. Well, you know, Kyrgyzstan in deepest, darkest, um, sort of like parts of, of Russia, it, it's, it's, um, there, there is there is map, mapping that's readily available to you if you um, have the Garmin Explore app. So yeah, that's brilliant. brilliant, very good. So yeah. overall, it's been a good purchase for you, hasn't it? Oh, uh, you know, it, it, it was quite well known, John, for sort of like, do I, don't I, do I, don't I buy this? But it just was a question that you know, the moment it became available, accepting the fact there would be little bugs that need needed ironing out over the course of a few months it, it was just a bit of a no-brainer really just to up, update my nine-year-old map 62s fantastic oh, yeah. so thank you very much ian for joining the podcast if you want to find out more about the gps map 66s please go to gpstraining.co.uk click on gps store then garmin gps units with full gb 150k maps or garmin gps units with full gb 125k maps whichever ones you want to choose
And finally, many thanks for listening to this month's GPS training podcast. If there's anything you'd like us to cover in future podcasts, please do get in touch. And if you also know of anybody interesting that we would like to interview or you think we would like to interview, it would be interesting, please also let us know and we can get in touch with them and hopefully get them on future podcasts. Please do give us a call, especially if you're thinking of buying a new GPS unit. Please take a look at both our physical GPS training courses and also our online webinars. Please just go to our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk and click on GPS training courses. Please do tell your friends about the GPS training podcast and also about GPS training. And don't forget to give us a five-star rating in iTunes. It would be very much appreciated. So many thanks to Tom and Ian for joining me on this month's podcast. And please do get out and enjoy your walking this month. And thanks, Ian, for joining me on this, your first ever GPS training podcast. (laughs)